Hello and welcome to another episode of Pop Fix, your weekly fix of pop culture news and gossip. I'm Marnie Dixit and I'm joined as always by my lovely, lovely co-host Sam Rose. Hello. And Steph Nutso. Hi guys. Coming up, we've got an update of this week's news. We look at how the celebrity world is remembering 9-11 and heaps more. So let's get into your pop fix where we fill you in on everything that's happened in the entertainment world this week. It has been a bloody huge week for Britney Spears. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Sorry, singer I was just like generally, yes. Yeah, yeah, it has. <laughs> on Monday, she announced that she's engaged. She took to Instagram to share a video of herself and fiancé Sam Ascari after he proposed, writing, I can't fucking believe it. And you know what? Neither. Her ring is bloody huge. It's a four-carat round brilliant stone and it's uh, and engraved on the inside is the word uh, lioness, which is Sam's nickname for Brittany. Very sweet. That's sweet. Of course, the um, the singer was inundated with congratulatory messages. Um, I loved that Nick Lachey joked at the VMAs, only Brittany could steal the show at the VMAs without even being here. It's awesome for <laughs> Brittany. We came up with her, so to see her happy finally again and engaged is an awesome thing. But probably the best reaction, I don't know if you guys saw this, but it was actress Octavia Spencer who wrote, make him sign a prenup. Huh? <laughs> well, I She's mean. not wrong. She's not wrong. But uh, everyone was kind of like, wow, she is to the point. Uh, it was quickly deleted soon after, but of course it went viral. Uh, Brittany has previously been married to Jason Alexander for just 55 hours and Kevin Federline from 2004 to 2007. Um, we know that Sam has been a huge supporter of Brittany as she's been trying to end the conservatorship that has controlled her for 13 years. And that quest just received a huge boost as her dad, Jamie Spears, has filed a petition to end it. Amazing. Amazing. I'm totally shocked. I never saw it coming. I know. Not from him. Like, I was hoping that he would get destroyed, but I didn't know that he would be the undoing. So the filing came weeks after Jamie said that he was prepared to step back from his role as conservator and after repeated requests from the pop star to remove him from what she and her supporters say is a cruel and exploitative arrangement. Recent events related to this conservatorship have called into question whether circumstances have changed to such an extent that grounds for establishment of a conservatorship may no longer exist, the filing stated. Miss Spears has told this court that she wants control of her life back without the safety rails of a conservatorship. She wants to be able to make decisions regarding her own medical care, deciding when, where and how often to get therapy. She wants to control the money she has made from her career and spend it without supervision or oversight. She wants to be able to get married and have a baby if she so chooses. In short, she wants to live her life as she chooses without the constraints of a conservator or court proceeding, the petition said. The filing added that Jamie Spears wants what is best for his daughter and that she believes that she can handle her own life. Wow. It's it's momentous, yeah. J-Lo and Ben Affleck have made their red carpet debut as Benefer 2.0 with the couple stealing the show at the Venice Film Festival over the weekend. And it seems as though (laughs) Steph has just been waiting this official, <laughs> official moment. Um, even ex-girlfriends are on board with the pairing, with Gwyneth Paltrow commenting on a photo, okay, this is cute, and it was. <laughs> I thought. Kim Kardashian is also a fan with the reality star, sharing a photo of the pair and writing, long live Benefer. We can hope. The, uh, <laughs> the last time they were seen hand in hand on a red carpet was 2003. At the Daredevil what? premiere. That movie sucked. 
Sorry, it's not related. <laughs> yeah, isn't that crazy? That was so long ago. That was almost 20 years mm. ago. Yeah, wow. That is nutso. So um, the pair actually got caught in a bit of action as they were leaving Venice after a, a fan attempted to get a little too close to J-Lo. And, of course, Ben stepped in and blocked the guy from getting as close as he could. And then, you know, their security stepped in and they were able to get on their merry way again and out of Venice and onto whatever lovely, lovely thing they have got planned. So good for them and good for us. Very good for us. It's delightful. So is it just me or was the arrival of the 2021 Met Gala kind of surprising to everybody? Had no idea. Yeah, Yeah. I just, it totally passed my way, honestly. I was like, am I just not paying attention or has it just sort of flown under the radar? I'm not sure. But anyway, um, we're getting a Met Gala in 2021 (laughs) and it's happening Tomorrow, today. Well, today, yeah, for when, when this um, pod hits your ears, it will be the day of the 2021 Met Gala. Um, so as many fashion fans and pop culture lovers alike will know, the Met Gala traditionally falls on the first Monday in May um, every single year. But, you know, Nasty B, COVID got in the way of that for the what f- be past two years. I'm sick of I her know. shit. I like that the nickname's Nasty B. I love that. <laughs> it's just like a pain in my ass. <laughs> um, yeah, the last traditional Met Gala that we saw was in 2019, which feels what? weird. What? That's mm. crazy. Um, with the theme camp notes on fashion, which I'm sure everybody remembers. That feels like remembers. so long ago. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It was, which is so wild, but... You know, it's uh, it's returning and obviously May has been and gone. So instead, the gala this year is going to be held on the second Monday of September. <laughs> it's, got a, it's got a nice ring to it, don't you think? Yeah, it works. It's yeah. fine. Sure. I think it'd be like I a wonder Saturday. What... <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say, what's the, what's the reasoning for the second Sunday of September? Like, why not? I have no December. idea. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure. But, like, I actually uh, didn't realise that the date has kind of moved around a little bit over the years. But it, it's been the first Monday in May for a good while now. They just sort of, like, played around with the dates for, um, you know, um, over the years. And they sort of settled in May because of the, I guess, the weather and the whatever. But not this year. So, anyway, um, this year's event is going to be an interesting one, obviously, because there are COVID rules in place, meaning that... Um, all guests will have to be vaccinated. There needs to be proof of that. Uh, they need to have been tested and they will have to wear a mask um, for the events. Like just uh, the only exception for that is when they are eating, which is the part that we don't get to see anyway. So. Yeah. So when they're so all outside their, all coming their outfits. in, we'll be able mm-hmm. to see their faces, right? Because they're technically outside, right? Or because they put a cover on it, will you not? Well, the thing is, I had assumed that that would mean that they like it would mean that they would be able to have no mask on the outside, but it is saying that they are, they have to wear them, except Ugh. for eating. eating. So I don't know. Why it may it may just mean Canceling. when they're inside the yeah when they're inside the <laughs> museum. They'll have I think to it's wear a, a good opportunity to to have some awesome face masks. Well, I Lady think... Gaga, remember she yeah, she... at the Oscars yeah. was it or whatever mm-hmm. other event that was? She had so many. 
And and aren't there images of Kim Kardashian wearing the full on like gimp suit? So that was yeah. weird. I mean, yeah. her style evolves along with her ex husband's. <laughs> so, I don't know. He started they're, doing they're it. She started doing it together. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm sure it'll kind of you know make for some interesting fashion moments. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But um, the other element here that's quite interesting is that um, the New York Times has reported that you know some guests have not been able to come along, or that they will not be able to come along rather because of travel issues or concerns, and others have just plain turned down the invitation because, and this is what I read in the article, just that um, seemingly they don't feel comfortable attending an event like this. Yeah, wow. Because of the pandemic yeah. happening. Yeah. That's yeah, understandable. That fair enough. But I would have thought that that side of the world would just be kind of like over it now. Mm. This like, could be international guests. I'm, yeah, I'm true. Sure. I mean, I don't know. I feel like everyone in the Northern Hemisphere is living pretty normally. So I'm just like, I'm jealous. Yeah, I know. Me too. We have hope. <laughs> picnics. Picnics, guys. We can do picnics. picnics. Um, what do you guys think that we're going to get from the theme? Because What is it? America, a lexicon of fashion. Is that the theme? That is correct. It's um, so from what I've read, it's basically it's it's quite deeply connected to the Black Lives Matter movement. Oh, and um, it's going to be a pretty big celebration, diversity, and inclusion in Love fashion. That. So um, I was reading in the Guardian today that one of like when people arrive, there's going to be a banner and like red, white, and blue that says "Who gets to be an American," mm-hmm. and it's from a designer's show from 2019. I cannot remember his name. I am sorry. But um, the curator, Andrew Bolton, explained the theme a little bit. So I'll read a quote from him. Basically, he said, American fashion is undergoing a renaissance that is being driven by engagement with political and social issues. Young fashion designers in America, as in Britain, are at the forefront of conversations about inclusivity around race and gender and the body. When you talk to them about their ambitions, it's not about jobs at the big European houses or being the next Ralph Lauren or Diane von Furstenberg. They approach fashion in an ethical way, which is rooted in values and community. So I think it's going to make for a pretty powerful red carpet. Yeah, Mm. and like a good opportunity for people who have been invited to maybe like help... um, What's the word I'm looking for? Like, get spotlight. Yeah, put a spotlight on a new designer or someone that hasn't had the coverage that they deserve. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, I mean, the tickets to these things are ridiculously expensive. So yes, I don't know. It's a how donation, many... right? Mm-hmm. How much it's are like, they? It's like twenty thousand or something. I believe it's thirty thousand or thirty-five thousand. This is US per ticket, and then for a table, you're looking at two hundred to three hundred thousand dollars. Holy Jesus. I'm just glad I'm yeah. not invited because, like, the best thing I could do was like my good active wear versus my usual active wear. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's that's why I don't want to go that's either. That's where I'm at right now <laughs> at this point in the pandemic. Um, but I, I, it'll it'll be interesting to see how it all kind of plays out we don't obviously know who's definitely going to be there but um you know it's obviously expected that we're going to see like j-lo rihanna beyonce maybe um and kim k her gimp suit situation um 
but we do know the hosts, and that's Billie Eilish, Timothy Chalamet, uh, Naomi Naomi Osaka, and Amanda Gorman, who is a poet and activist. If you're not familiar, um, so yeah, I'm really excited to see some of these outfits, especially if Rihanna, J Lo, and Blake Lively go, because I always love their um, takes. Rihanna's on the always themes. iconic. Yeah. I did want to know, do you guys have any favourites over the years? Anyone that you're kind of particularly... Just instantly uh, Rihanna. Anything Rihanna wears. I oh, love. yep. Especially 2018's look, uh, which was Heavenly Bodies. Yes. Oh. She had yeah. that whole, like, regal Pope type vibe. And that was very cool. Yeah. I think also, um, I don't really like Katy Perry, but I think she does a good job at the Met Gala. See what Orlando Listen. Bloom wears then, too, if he's there. If he got an invite. They don't always invite partners, do they? Not always, no. Anyway, whatever. Like, I think it's going to be pretty interesting to see. And if you want to watch it, um, Vogue will be live streaming the whole thing from 7.30 in the a.m. on Tuesday. So that this will probably be after that. So you probably missed that. But, you know, just have a look. You'll probably find it still. <laughs> All right, moving on to the pop report. And, uh, Sama, it was a bit of a, a solemn one again. This Last week was a bit more serious and this week's a bit more serious. But how did the celebrity world remember the 20th anniversary of 9-11? Yeah, so it, it is crazy. The, it has been 20 years. And for me, I feel like that's just gone by ridiculously quickly yeah. I don't know about you guys oh totally um, yeah so I thought I would share some stories which have been told since uh, 9-11 of celebrities who have been impacted and also narrowly avoided the tragedy oh man so I also saw some please, of these. I was like yeah they're crazy yeah yes, so please, please do please do jump in if um, there's any stories you think we should um, be sharing as well um, but a couple really stood out to me so Michael Jackson uh, was supposed to have a morning meeting at one of the Twin Towers uh, but he overslept due to a late night conversation with his mother and sisters uh, years later Michael Jackson's brother Jermaine wrote about the near miss in his memoir saying thankfully none of us had a clue that Michael was due at a meeting that morning at the top of one of the Twin Towers we only discovered this when mother phoned his hotel to make sure he was okay she and a few others had left him there around 3 a.m mother i'm okay thanks to you he told her you kept me talking up so late that i overslept and missed my appointment which just yeah sends chills down my arms i know so and but imagine being the person that he's got the appointment with you're just like oh bloody bloody hell where is he <laughs> oh, I know. let's hope they didn't go as well so um mark Wahlberg was supposed to be on american airlines flight 11 which was the first plane to crash into one of the towers but Wahlberg and his friends made a last-minute decision not to catch their flight and instead head, head to the Toronto Film Festival. In incredibly poor taste years later, Wahlberg claimed he would have stopped the hijacking. He said to Men's Journal, and I quote, If I was on that plane with my kids, it wouldn't have went down like it did. There would have been a lot of blood in that first-class cabin and then me saying, okay, we're going to land somewhere safely, don't worry. Which is just, like, hugely disrespectful to parents on that flight. Um, Of course they would have done anything they could, right? So he unsurprisingly had a lot of backlash from his comments and later apologised. But I, I didn't know about this story. This one was actually a huge surprise to me, but 
Also not a surprise because it's Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, true. I think that we would have been quite young when that happened. Mm, so we just, just went over our heads. Yeah. But a good a good story um, tinged with some sadness as well is Steve Buscemi. I did not know this. Oh, but... I know this story. Well, <laughs> I only heard it yeah, like yesterday. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, so it turns out he was actually a firefighter in the 1980s. And on the day of 9-11, he called his old firehouse, uh, which was unable to answer due to obvious reasons. So he decided to show up and just volunteer. And he worked 12-hour shifts and refused any media interviews, uh, which is awesome. And he's since spoken about it and revealed that he has, unfortunately, experienced PTSD from it. Speaking on a podcast this year, he said, there are times when I talk about 9-11 and I'm right back there. I start to get choked up and I realise this is still a big part of me. And of of course it is, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. I can't even, I cannot even imagine. Yeah. Um, it's such there... an amazing thing to do though. Like that story is incredible. Yeah. Just to say, you know what, forget it. I'm going to go do what I can. Um, were there any other celebrity stories you guys saw that you wanted to share? I saw um, that Gwyneth Paltrow had a bit of a sliding doors moment. She was um, heading home after an early morning yoga class, as you know, she would. And a woman, Jay, walked in front of her car. And the woman's name was Lara Lundstrom Clark. And she was rushing to her desk on the 77th floor of the South Tower. Uh, but when she saw that it was Gwyneth in the car, she just stopped. She was just starstruck and she stopped. And um, Lara has said that the encounter meant that she had her own sliding doors moment, as I said, and she missed her train that day to get to work wow. and it saved her life. And then I think 10 years later or something, she got in touch with Gwyneth and was like, thank you for that. And Gwyneth was kind of like, there must be so many people with similar stories who can't get in touch with those people and thank them because they're not recognisable people. Mm, mm. that's true I didn't think about that yeah, yeah. I saw that um, Ian Thorpe had a near miss as well because he was out jogging and he wanted to get up onto the observation floor and he realised he didn't have his camera so he got into a taxi back to his hotel to get it and when he was in his hotel room he saw what was happening on TV and he could have been there wow so wow. that's crazy yeah yeah and I, I, I kind of remember the day that it happened. I think, I, I, I know I was definitely living in Singapore at the time, so the time zone would have been different. I, I was a kid, so I was probably in bed. But the next morning, I remember um, just the coverage coming on the TV, and it was just everywhere. And everywhere we went, it was on all the screens. And the school that I went to, there were a lot of um, American people there, and it was really devastating for them. And yeah. of course it still is and especially world over um people are feeling the effects 20 years on still but of course the u.s and afghanistan are really hit hard by it but i just want to know do you two remember uh that day and hearing about it yeah yeah i remember i was um what like 11 or 12 and um my mum came into my room into mine and my sister's room and woke us up in the morning and like she was obviously very rattled and I don't know she just I don't even remember what she said but she woke us up to tell us that something horrible had happened and um 
I don't know. This is sounds so weird, but I got so terrified. Like I thought that there was like, like something like personal. Huge... No, no, no. She told me that something had happened. Like there was an attack. Oh, okay. Like, and I thought that it was happening here, <laughs> out, like here, and I was oh, really yeah. scared. Um, I guess because I was like half asleep and I just didn't really know what was happening. And then I went out and like I remember kind of like seeing stuff on the TV. Um, and going to school that day and we kind of got sat down and we all had to sort of talk about it like what had happened the teachers sort of walked us through some stuff and I remember this is like just like a little thing but um a a friend of mine in the class his name's Vince it was his birthday that day oh no and he was so sad it was like I just really remember that part and um I don't know everybody was just really upset it was um it was awful. Yeah, yeah, it really did grip the world. Yeah, mm. I remember um because we lived in Tassie and we would always come up to Sydney for school holidays and it was school holidays for us and we were staying in a hotel in Circular Quay and we turned the TV on and we saw what was happening and it was all very confusing and we got a call to our room and it was this American woman and she was in tears and she was oh. asking for someone and I was like, oh, sorry, mm. I think you've got the wrong room. Oh, sorry, then we turned the TV on and then we saw what was happening. And I was like, is that connected? Oh. Or I don't know what was like, I was young. I was like, mm. I don't even know. Now my brain's not working. Nine, ten. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just remember that. And then I remember soon after, didn't Anne set the airline shut down? I feel like it was that trip in Sydney that we were there. And then dad was trying to get home because he was a doctor and he was like calling him up. They canceled all the flights and he's like, I'm a heart surgeon. I need to get home. I need to operate. And I just remember that being a really stressful trip to Sydney. Oh my God. It was just like, and scary answering the phone and having that woman. I just, I can't even imagine what those people like went through that day. And then every year afterwards and remembering it and 20 years is such a big anniversary. It's huge. And something I've noticed uh, since rewatching older series, television series, and then newer ones is seeing just the difference in um, how air- airports are portrayed. Oh, yeah. On TV. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's, it's just wild because all we've known really is strict security, right? And yeah. people younger than us, that's all they'll know as well. But it never really used to be like that. And that was obviously. Um, a necessity after the the attack so it's just i think the world has really changed and 20 years looking back on it um it's kind of wild how quickly it's all gone i know you know just with the celebrity stories though um i'm not sure if you guys know but pete davidson's father actually died in 9-11 really Mm. and he he did um he did the, the the King of Staten Island and that kind of connected to that. He, do, he's, he doesn't really talk about it too much. I think that there's been times he's said like some jokes about it. He does, in, he does um, talk about it with comedy because like that's how he deals with it. That's how he copes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, there was a quote that he gave because so his father was a, a firefighter and he went obviously – went in when all of this happened and and he he died there so um on the the king of Staten island 
Pete Davidson said, I think I'm always learning and growing. Making this film allowed me to grow more as a person. One of the main reasons why I wanted to make this movie and tell the story is because I wanted this chapter of my life to be closed. Um, so he was seven when, when his wow. father died. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's like really, really sad. But that's like the first thing I always think about when, um, I don't know, like celebrity stories about that 9-11. Yeah, he shared some that one really, really sticks out. sweet like, photos of him with his dad. And that's, yeah, it's so heartbreaking. All right, we'll be back in just a moment for Reality Roundup. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We are at Popfix Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, we would love it if you left us a five-star rating and review, or you can spread the word by sharing a screenshot to your Instagram story. Um, just let the people know. That's what we would love to see. You're listening to Pop Fix and it's time for Reality Roundup. And Jesus Christ, there is a lot happening in the reality <laughs> world at the moment. I, I'm going to try to um, sum it up and I'll probably miss some stuff, so I'm sorry. Um, so The Voice and Survivor Brains vs. Braun finished up over the weekend. We'll start with The Voice, which saw Bella Taylor-Smith walk away with a prize of $100,000 and a recording contract with EMI, which is all very exciting, except fans were not super impressed by the finale. So many people have said that the celebrations after the announcement seemed fake because they were pre-recorded. And so they recorded every single person as if they'd won. So of course, oh, that's weird. they've just sat through the other people winning um, because yeah, that's how they had to deal with it in this pandemic world. So um, the four different finale outcomes were pre-recorded and um, yeah, no matter what the votes actually, what the people voted for, they had shot that person winning. So a lot of people. So yeah. Sorry, just a quick question. So why did it have to be pre-recorded? Would they have been at like home? They when that, what is pre. Announced? They shot this um a couple months ago, and Rita Ora is already back overseas, and she's one of right. the um judges. So that could be why. Okay. Yeah. So, um, just the timing. Yeah. One fan wrote, well, that was a bit of a fizzer of a reaction. Uh, another one (laughs) said, congratulations, Bella, but so disappointed at having to watch fake reactions at a pre recorded grand final, second year in a a row. What an anti climax. Knowing the voice grand final was pre recorded with multiple endings had actually ruined my night. It feels so fake now. So my family were all completely devastated when I told them all that they had filmed the winner four times four for all the contestants. I've destroyed dreams, apparently, another person said. Others said they hope the same format isn't used next year as they look forward to seeing a genuine reaction from the winner. Must be weird acting like you won and all the judges all congratulating each contestant, but hey, that's pandemic TV, a Twitter user wrote. Mm. Um, then you've got Survivor winner Haley Leak. I think that was more of a genuine sort of win. I don't think that was a pre-recorded situation. Fans seemed happy all around. Haley walks away with $500,000, which to be honest, I would totally prefer that over the $100,000 and a recording contract because let's be honest, that girl yeah. is not going to be famous from winning that show, right? Isn't there is like so the like curse that if you win a reality show, you're like not as famous as the other people. I would prefer yeah. to win Survivor. I don't know if I could do it, though, physically or mentally. You can do anything. 
Um, we also saw a new promo for Big Brother VIP, which is Thomas Markle Jr. for some reason being given a platform, despite the fact that he's a horrible person. Uh, and in the show, he is seen writing a letter to Prince Harry and Meghan. Um, in the first promo for the show, we saw that he said that he had warned Harry about Meghan before they were married. I'm Meghan Markle's brother. I'm the biggest brother of them all, he said. I told Prince Harry, I think she's going to ruin your life. She's very shallow. Yeah, well, you're going on reality TV to talk about wow. her, mate. Uh, sadly, dick. we don't know what was written in this new letter. I'm very sure it is really worth our time. But anyway, <laughs> elsewhere in the promo, Caitlyn Jenner, again, what's she doing here? Uh, is seen explaining what it is to be trans to survivors Luke Toki? Toki? I don't... I've, I've seen him. I don't know how to say his name. And Imogen Anthony. Um, she asks them if they are right-handed or left-handed, and Luke says he's right-handed. She asks, why are they right-handed, and she is left-handed? And he responds, well, it's just the way we were born, providing a sort of like, aha, kind of moment for them. Um, Was that... I don't know. I don't oh, think we okay. can expect too much. Like, that sounds pre-written. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> it, he, it does look really fake. I mean, look, I'm glad they're talking about that on, uh, like, an, you know... Um, a reality show and that I think it's always good to sort of yes you know, if only open and talk about things it was so. someone better and someone That's who cared bad. about trans rights it sounds like an after school special like yeah you know what a I mean? little yeah um this anyway. is a metaphor yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um SAS Australia also kicked off this week with Ant Middleton one of the DES or the directing staff revealing to news.com.au that there is a cheating scandal this how week. is that show still like going what I do you understand. mean it is tv gold you have all these shit <laughs> celebs and they're just being like treated like shit and you're like good one <laughs> that show gets me the shard like of Frodo keeps you okay. <laughs> he told them we're watching every single move i watch them like a hawk when they don't even realize it i ask them to do a certain activity and there is some cheating and it definitely doesn't go unnoticed we won't make you suffer if we catch you cheating. We'll make the others suffer. And hopefully they'll be the one that will slowly get a grip of you and tell you to buck up or quit the course. He also confirmed that the person who is caught cheating refuses to actually admit what they did. And um, I would just hate to be in their shoes, to be honest, because apparently Sounds the new cool. season is even more intense than last year's. Um, so he said, we have definitely what? upped Didn't the ante. Did someone punch someone in the face? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he said, we definitely upped the ante this year because we want to keep them guessing. So okay. scary. Mm. <laughs> also, but like if you cheated and you got caught, wouldn't you just be like, yeah, man, I cheated. Sorry. I don't know. People on reality TV understand. are so dumb. Like they get... I I think that is one of my most hated qualities in a person when you just will not admit that you did something wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if there is video footage of you doing (laughs) the thing. There's evidence involved. Anyway, my little rant. Sama, you've also got some reality roundup goss. Yeah, so it's 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 definitely a lighthearted, nothing to do with like SAS uh, things. So, Drag Race favorites 
and iconic duo Trixie Mattel and Katya. Steph you guys is can't dancing. See, yeah, I <laughs> love Katya. She is the best. And they're just even better together, in my yeah. opinion. So they have worked together a lot, but they're kicking off, I think, their sixth project together. And this time it's to help find Katya a romantic partner. Oh, yeah. So From Katya with Love is a six part unscripted series, and Trixie will double as Cupid and host for the series and on the show Trixie said finding a still breathing human being who can keep food down around Katya much less lust for this person will be a two-man job and I'm happy to be the operator making love connections for America's favorite prostitute oh so, I don't already- know anything about these people so I'm very confused <laughs> they, <laughs> they do like each other right <laughs> yes yeah. yeah it's also with love <laughs> So, From Katya With Love is currently still seeking applications through LGBTQI plus dating app Timey, I believe that's how you say it. Um, so, you know, I don't know if they're accepting applications from Australia, but if so, you know, you might find love with Katya. Get amongst um, it. And I'm sure it's going to be chaotic in the best way possible. Do we know where we're going to be able to watch it? No, it's so it's like just it's still kicking off. They're still getting okay. applications. I tried to find out, like I looked on IMDb and like when yeah. is this coming out? Maybe I didn't do my research well enough. If anyone listening knows more than me, please pop a comment in somewhere, Facebook, Instagram. We need to know the details. <laughs> no one knows more than you, Sama. Oh, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> all right, that is all we have time for today. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Pop Fix, your weekly fix of pop culture news. Please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you could please leave us a five-star rating and review, we would truly appreciate it. I won't beg, but come on, guys. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We're at Pop Fix Podcast. And you can find us uh, on Facebook if you search the same thing. And once again, take a little screenshot, put it up on your Insta stories, or... Uh, Better yet, go on Spotify, click the little share button, and you can do it from there. Uh, Samma, where can we find you on Insta? You can find me at underscore Samma Rose underscore. And Steph. I'm at Steph Nitzo. And you can find me at Money Dixit. We'll be back in a week. Chat to you then. Bye. 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 Bye.